0: 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving You
1: are tearing me apart, Lisa!
0: Come with me if you want to live. Well, gentlemen,
2: you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now,
0: here's your host, Sky and Colin.
2: Here's
1: Johnny! Oh, listening to two Dudes movie reviews. With sky
0: and Colin I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I can't
1: even do that. I was trying to do the, the, the tether voice. I know.
2: I nailed it, although I did go a little bit grandpa out the end when I was like, with sky. <laughs> Dust flew out of your mouth. <gasps> <laughs> but welcome to News movie of Sky and Colin. There we go. Now we got the uh the high energy one out of the way. <laughs> out of the way. Really, we got the dusty one out of the way. That's what we'll call it. Yeah. But little uh little tease as to what our episode is gonna bring us today, but we're back, baby. Another week. They should already know what the episode is. They clicked on the
0: episode. It's in the title.
2: <laughs> they might think we're just listing what country we're in.
0: Oh. US. Uh, A? Well, yeah. A? Canada? Yeah. But there's no A in this movie. No, there is not. This is just us. Us. We we saw us. <laughs> we saw us. It's us right now.
2: You're listening to us, talking about us, and speaking about us. How is us doing? Or I guess, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. I haven't seen you since we saw this movie.
0: Yeah. Which Maybe. wasn't very long ago. No, it was like three days ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but We're still. recording this on the opening, opening weekend, weekend of this movie. We so. saw it
2: opening night first showing. Yes. Because we are professionals. Mm-hmm. As you know. Is canon now, we've established in previous we've episodes. We've
0: established that we are professionals. Yes. <laughs> but we have uh, we have seen it. Well, actually, I've seen it once. No. Let me scratch the whole thing. Jesus, dude. I know. You're falling apart. It's because we're just saying we and us over and over <laughs> we again. We
2: can't keep it together. I I've, saw it one time. Yes. One I've time, seen it twice. You've seen it twice. Yes. That's two for you, one for me. I almost saw it the next day. We saw it on the Thursday like opening night. I almost saw it the following Friday, but instead I was a responsible boy and I went home and edited this podcast. <laughs> Thank Not you. this episode. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> so. If I need to explain that to anybody, guess what? You're the, a dummy.
0: The quantum realm.
2: I went into the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. And I edited future podcasts that we hadn't uh, yet recorded. Because you know what? I just like to get ahead of this shit, man. I got, I got better things to do than just sit around and work on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I truly don't. But no, I am very excited for this episode. Me too. We've been talking about this movie since probably like <laughs> episode one even. Who knows? But
0: I don't know. I think episode three is when we did the trailer park for this because it was Holmes and Watson. And we were like, we need to talk we, about yeah, something, something good, good. <laughs> because we're going to die here. And so we did Us. And um, yeah, I mean, this has definitely been one of my most anticipated movies for 2019 so far. Yeah, and... we're
2: getting into the thick of the year now. Yeah. Like, we've, we're have we already crossing off, like, highly anticipated movies. Like, we, I mean, we've been saying for a few weeks now, like, we're, we're coming into, like, the month of bangers. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we started off with Captain Marvel and now we have us we got dumbo coming later this week we have Shaz- shazam shazam shazam's coming out the, the next week like it's just they're all coming we got fucking
0: godzilla coming out soon like infinity war not really but, infinity war Endgame. game uh, yeah, yeah. end game <laughs> end
2: game so like fuck we're in the, we're in it now at this point we can stop watching bad movies for this podcast yeah it's
0: that is man that is so nice to say
2: i know that's basically like how we ended up like There was like a string of like four episodes in a row where we were like, I didn't like this movie. Yeah, it almost ended us. (laughs) We almost ruined ourselves. I
0: feel feel like when you see good movies, also, or when we see good movies, the episodes just turn out better because we're just more excited. Yeah, because I feel like the first movie that we saw that was good after this, like a long stretch of shitty movies, was probably fighting with my family. Maybe, maybe the Lego Movie, but fighting with my family for sure. We were like very hyped about. So the episode, you I think you could just tell. I was hyped about a
2: Lego movie, but that day was a rough day. That session was awful for me because that was when I had like five piss breaks and I had a, a nasty hiccup fit. <laughs> yeah. I, I had the little inside baseball for you guys behind the scenes. I cut out maybe 20 minutes of that episode just for me getting up to go to the bathroom. And I had like a no joke, like probably 10 minutes straight of I couldn't kick the hiccups.
0: We, I start. I was like, you know what? Maybe you should try and like drink upside down. Like, I do that sometimes. Yeah. And I don't I, know if that worked or not, but I
2: did it. And then I was like, all right, I should be good. All right, let's start recording.
0: So, anyways, and then the leg go.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: and we just look at each
0: other like, yeah, I'm like, fuck, dude. <laughs> and I
2: was just hot off of like another episode where I was like, no voice, deadly sick. So
0: it's been a, it's been
2: a rough, it's been a rough start to 2019. So, I'm happy that we're getting into movies that we're actually excited about and we're actually like happy to see.
0: Yeah, and that we're really enjoying. Hell yeah. I mean, there's some movies... I mean, we were both really looking forward to Glass, and then that was a huge letdown. So, I mean, now it's nice that... I mean, at least with Fighting With My Family... We were looking forward to it, p- and was it good was pick- good. Yeah, we yeah. needed that. So.
2: Otherwise, we probably would have just drove off a bridge <laughs> on the way to the movies one of these times. I'm like, I'm not seeing another one of these fucking movies. This oh, great, is a bad idea. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Did you see Greta? No, I didn't. Okay. I t- mentioned briefly when we were at the movies the other day that I went and saw it, and um, I don't think it's playing anymore. Uh, I would not be surprised. I think it's already out. I'm actually going to buy, maybe I'll
2: take this off the podcast because I don't want the FBI to come and get me. But I want to buy a Fire Stick, and you're going to have to jailbreak it for me.
0: Okay. I've been thinking about buying myself another Fire Stick.
2: Oh, yeah? Why?
0: Because there's a 4K version now that's a little bit more expensive. <laughs> oh. So I might buy the 4K <laughs> one. If you want my one, I'll sell it to you for like cheap, cheaper.
2: Oh, you'll sell it? Thanks. You're a real, real gentleman. What were you going to do with the other one if you bought your 4K one?
0: Uh, my brother Brandon is actually missing his. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, you have, have too many I, brothers. I do have an option for it. So.
2: You have too many brothers.
0: I thought though recently like, I was like a good present for Sky for maybe like Christmas or something would be a fire stick. Oh, yeah.
2: well, I need it before then because by Christmas it's going to be too late. Well, we got like a couple more days left of 2019. At well, that what point. month's your birthday in? August. There you
0: go. What month's your birthday
2: in? July. Now we know. Wait, really? Yeah. July what? Let me guess. Eighteenth, 18th... twenty sixth. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. First guess. <laughs>
0: I have a hockey jersey up in my room with, with the, the, number, with the 26 number 26 on it, so I just looked at it.
2: I just thought you got that when you turned 26. No, hey, that's not it. <laughs> I just thought you were born in 1926. Wait, do you want to guess my birthday, or are you just going to go ahead and say, fuck me? All right, I'll, I'll take a guess. Told you August. August? Yeah. Wait, let me point to something in the room that has another number in it. <laughs> I don't have any hints in here. Why don't you have a jersey with my birthday? Why
0: don't you have like a list of numbers on your wall? Yeah, (laughs) you
2: idiot. Why don't you have one of those vision test things they have at the DMV on your wall? Your birthday is August F. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. They use letters, not numbers. (laughs) I'm going to say August 8th. Wow. That's not it. I know. (laughs) That was very close, (laughs) so I was impressed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Seventh.
2: Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, nice. Eight-seven, baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be 30 this year. Is that right? Ugh. We're so old. Yeah. Oh, also, I am going to throw it out to the podcast listeners. If they want to come to my 30th birthday party, I came up with a theme. So if it's already been established, I'm a big wrestling fan. And if you're familiar with wrestling, the Royal Rumble is a match where 30 men are now 30 women, because women's revolution, baby. Mm -hmm. They enter the ring. One at a time, get thrown over the top rope, last man standing wins. So it's a 30-man Royal Rumble. I'm going to be 30. I want to have a Royal rumble theme party. My original idea was to just rent a wrestling ring and have 29 of my friends come over, and we actually have a Royal Rumble. <laughs> just beat the shit out of each I other. think there's a lot of insurance issues that go into that that will probably stop me from doing that. It's probably a bad idea. But... I found a place where I can rent a boxing ring bounce house for three hundred dollars. Ooh! So I want to do that, and then we could just wrestle in the bounce house. Not just you and me, but like a weird. Hey, Colin, <laughs> come over to my birthday <laughs> party. It's just you and we just get Res- naked and wrestle in a bounce house. That's the worst. <laughs> All right, flashback the big bang. <laughs> but no, I want to. I do want to have a wrestling birthday party, Royal Rumble themed. So everybody has to come dressed as a wrestler. I thought that would be fun, and we just get shitfaced and like eat pizza. Like it, it's basically, it's basically a kids' pizza party, but I just added beer. And I'm thirty. You
0: need to do something special. Yeah, I feel like that's special. It's Special for me. Well, you know what is special? <gasps> what? The movie that we're going to talk about tonight, because very special. It is the follow-up to Jordan Peele's Get Out which was one of the most popular Wait, movies.
2: Jordan Peele did this,
0: did us too? Jordan Peele did us?
2: Get Out! Oh, my. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, yeah, Geez. you were hesitant. You are like, I really don't want to feed into this. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> he doesn't deserve
0: it. No, yeah, no. I mean, we both saw Get Out when it came out in 2017. That was pre-pod. Pre-pod. I only have two... Two
2: chapters in my life. It's pre pod and post pod. <laughs> That's how I divided up my my entire my entire life.
0: We saw we saw Get Out in twenty seventeen when it came out yes, we did. pretty early and very we're early on. Blown away by that movie. Yeah, and I loved it. uh yeah, man, I mean he is definitely setting himself up to be one of the best directors going right now.
2: Yeah. Original too. Like both of these movies were written, directed, and produced, right? Yep. By, by him. That's crazy. That's like full-blown visionary shit.
0: They do have, I did notice this, they've got different production companies behind them, but Jordan Peele did produce both of them. Um, yeah. But I know the first movie, uh, Get Out, was a Blumhouse picture production. Mm-hmm. This is a Monkey Paw production. But that's because now
2: that's his production. Oh, is it? Yeah, That. that's, oh, okay. that's cool. Jordan Peele's. So that's why this one is a new thing. He established himself with Get Out, with the success of that, now he has... Monkey Paw. Okay. So that's why it's a different production.
0: Also company. really like the just the look of that intro for Monkey Paw. Yeah. It's like a stop motion look.
2: Yeah, but that's why it's stirring the tea.
0: Oh, that's actually sick.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. There you go. We're already connecting. We're already uh, tethering these movies, movies together. together. Whoa! <laughs> that is crazy.
0: Yeah, no, we were really excited for this. And we we're very excited. I think we are really excited. For the movie we're going to talk about in the trailer park. Really? No. Oh man. <laughs> no, we are.
2: <laughs> I'm excited. I'm so excited that I'm just about to just fucking rip off my shirt, throw on some goddamn sunblock. No, fuck the sunblock. I want. I'm gonna put on, put on some goddamn tanning oils because I want to soak in the sun. I don't want to block the sun. I want to let the sun into my to my fucking smooth. Creamy white skin. <laughs> Maybe make it a light beige. But I'm like super Irish, so I basically just go from like pale white to like bright red, and then it I peel off in potato chip size dead skins, and I go right back to pale white. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, I'm going to lather up, go outside, throw on my shades, hop into a convertible, drop that fucking top down, ride off to the west coast into the sunset,
0: all the fucking way to <laughs> the trailer park. That was a great job.
2: Well, the whole the whole setup makes a lot more sense when once we reveal what trailer we're talking about.
0: We are talking Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
2: See? Hence all of the sunny, you know, fucking california vibes bro (laughs) it all comes together we just fucking grab the surfboard catch some tasty waves listen to some crunchy tunes go down (laughs) to the surf taco joint and fucking still going fucking nailed down some some fishy talks dude fishy talks ciao bro Some ahi ahi like fucking
0: tuna, bro. Is this how everyone in California talks? Yeah, dude.
2: (laughs) It just keeps getting gradually
0: more more
2: insane. But yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Talk about another fucking anticipated movie for this year.
0: Yeah. Very much so. I feel like very different styles, but just the way that Tarantino's movies are almost in a sense passion projects for himself. Yeah. I feel kind of similarly the way that Jordan Peele is making his movies now, where there are ideas that he's had for a very long time. They mean a lot to him. I mean, so far, both movies, I don't want to spoil too much of how we think about us, but he's done a good job with both movies. And yeah. I feel like with Quentin Tarantino's movies, he doesn't miss very often.
2: No, he doesn't. I mean, they got a lot of big names behind it. And even just having Tarantino on it already, like that's a big enough name that people are
0: going to be intrigued. So want to know the thing that I thought was really interesting about this? No. Okay. <laughs> no, tell me what tell me what you think. Okay. So, Quentin Tarantino has said that he is only going to make 10 movies. He said when he hits 10 movies, he is done. He hasn't that,
2: made 10 yet?
0: Well, this everyone was saying was supposed to be the 10th movie. Okay. But on the poster, it says the 9th movie. Oh, he's trying to milk so, it. And I know that he Kill Bill 1 and 2 was originally one movie. It was four hours long, and they said no way. So he must must be counting Kill Bill 1 and 2 as one movie. So this is actually the ninth movie. It's one full story. Yeah. So this is the ninth movie, and then he's got one more after this. He has already said that. Wait,
2: is four rooms? He counts four rooms in that? Because four rooms is a very different tone. The
0: movies he counts are Death Proof, um, Jackie Brown. I'm
2: surprised Death Proof is counted. Really?
0: Yeah. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of that one. Django, love it. The Hateful Eight, Reservoir Dogs, Kill Bill one and two count as one, I think. Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, and The Hateful Eight. Did I say that? No, I did say The Hateful yeah. Eight. Yeah. There's one other one that I'm forgetting. Oh wait, no. Uh, is it Four Rooms? No, no. I think that was eight movies right there, and then nine is this. So he doesn't count Four Rooms because that was Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe he doesn't.
2: That movie's great. Have you ever seen Four Rooms? I haven't. Oh dude, I should let you borrow It's fucking awesome.
0: But he, um, he has said that he's doing ten movies, and that's basically the Quentin Tarantino like box set. Like that is the Quentin Tarantino essential movies, and that's what he wants to put his stamp on. Now he A did lot of say fucking good
2: movies in that set, though. Yeah, he did. Death s- Proof feels very out of place with all of those, though. They, you know what I mean? You
0: know they they kind of go in. I don't have feet in it. <laughs> Not feet in it. He has already said though, I read recently that he was like, the ten movies is like my collection. That's that's I'm done after that. He said he said but he did say he's like, I am not opposed to making movies after that, just they won't count as like my ten movies, like which doesn't make sense, but I guess because I was like,
2: I'll make shit movies after that for the paycheck. Well, I I had these are my movies.
0: (laughs) I had heard that he apparently was signing up to direct the next Star Trek movie. So maybe that's his workaround to it.
2: Yeah, because he's like, well, this isn't like my movie. I'm just working on someone else's property. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he he said something like, oh, he was like, you know, and then people they see the ten movies, then they see everything after that. And they're like, oh, those are the movies that he did when he was like older and just like, just was like doing weird shit. Is yeah. basically how he worded it. So okay, but this is the ninth movie. So we have one more movie after this to enjoy that apparently is going to be entirely his own. So and, it'll
2: um, that'll probably come out in like 2025. Yeah, at, at this rate. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> it'll be it'll be a while from now.
2: Yeah, but let's take a look at this goddamn trailer. To my right is Bounty Law series lead and Jake Cahill himself, Rick Dalton, and to my left is Rick Stutt, Double Cliff Booth. <laughs> So, Rick, uh, explain to the audience exactly what it is a stunt double does. Actors are required to do a, a lot of dangerous stuff. Hmm.
0: So, it looks like half of it's going to be in black and white. Help carry the load. And some is of it's that, also uh, going to be in you color. Your job, Cliff? Yeah, like well, I'm sure anytime they're showing
2: something that's actually being yeah, played on right. TV or maybe that's a movie will be in black and white because that's what it was back then. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Night's nice film. A- yep.
0: Also, um, it looks like the aspect ratio changes for the, the black and white parts because of how TV was then.
2: Yeah. My hands are registered as lethal weapons.
0: We get into a fight. I accidentally kill you. Little Bruce Lee. I go to jail. Mm-hmm. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight to go to jail. It's called manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt's voice sounds very Rain like from *Inglorious yeah. Bastards. Yeah.
2: He almost has like that same swagger in that moment too. And
1: that was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life.
2: Was he shooting revenant? Thank you. <laughs> Rip fucking <up.
0: laughs> July baby. Yeah. Coming for us. There isn't a day on it. There isn't a date, but, man, I'm excited. Yeah. Looking forward to it. No, that was a little teaser trailer. That wasn't, like, a full-blown, you know, show showing us
2: everything they got.
0: As far as the teaser trailer goes, though, I feel like they showed you a good amount. I mean, they didn't really tell you
2: anything about the story, which is fine. Like, you know, I'm always saying on this fucking podcast, like, less is more these days. So, I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of, like, really what is going on.
0: Now apparently this is in some way supposed to link up to what is it the Charles Manson murders?
2: Oh yes 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 I think yeah I remember, and I know some people are not happy about that. I guess it depends on what they do with it though. Yeah, I mean yeah like I mean there's been other movies that have touched on the Manson murders and stuff like that so yeah there's an that- uproar about that. Maybe they're just worried because it's Tarantino and he's known for doing more like kind of like violent and gritty stuff that they kind of want to be careful and tread lightly. Maybe. But they know he doesn't tread lightly.
0: This trailer looks pretty, you know, pretty fun. Looks, you know, there's some jokes. There's some, you know, yeah, fun music playing in it. Maybe that's the problem people are having with, maybe it just looks too fun to be tackling a subject like that. Yeah, but, but I don't think the Charles Manson murders is a focal point of the movie. Like, I think it's no. just, I think it plays some sort of role in it, but it's not like the direct... The main focus of the plot that everything revolves around. Maybe
2: it is. We don't know from this. No, we don't. Doesn't show you anything, Manson. a eh?
0: When they said that this was a teaser trailer, I was expecting like a thirty second thing. Well, like, this is like
2: a solid. Oh, it's over a almost, minute. Right? It's almost
0: two minutes long. I mean, yeah. like you said, they don't show you anything about the plot really, but I feel like you get a good idea of, you know, how the characters are gonna act and stuff like that, and just the tone of the movie. So I mean. I'm happy with how much they gave us. I saw it was a teaser. I was like, "Oh man, I want to see more." And then this is like
2: you already get a little taste of Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio's like relationship in the movie in this clip. Mm-hmm. They're kind of uh, seem seem real real buddy buddy close. Obviously, like work together. Like that's a stunt double, but it kind of almost immediately establishes that these two guys are just like always hanging around each other and really tight knit. So, you get get a little bit of a taste of the relationships that they're setting up, and then uh, shows you just, like, some of the humor in it. It's Queen Tarantino. It's going to be written, like, very smart, and it's going to have really funny lines. Yeah. It should
0: have very good tension in it when it wants to be. I mean, some of my favorite moments of tension are Tarantino films.
2: And some of those best tense moments in Tarantino films
0: involve Leonardo DiCaprio. Like, his scene in Django Mm -hmm. is fucking bananas. His scene in Django is crazy. And then neither of these guys are in this scene, but there's a scene in Inglorious Bastards, which has Brad Pitt. Yeah. That there's actually two. Both are with Christoph Waltz, but man. Yeah. That, I mean, Inglorious Bastards is fucking crazy. It's such a good movie. Is this the second movie that they've done with Quentin Tarantino for both of them? Or have they done more than that?
2: That is an excellent question. You know what? I didn't see Hateful Eight, so I, I'm not 100% sure.
0: Uh, neither of them are in The Hateful Eight.
2: All right. Then I think it is the second one for both of them. Okay. Because I don't remember Leo. Oh, well, of course Leo was in Pulp Fiction. He was Marcellus Wallace. Well,
0: was he? No. <laughs> you weren't smiling or right? anything. That's why I was like, wait, I was really what? selling that bit. I really had you on a string. What? Margot Robbie and Leonardo DiCaprio are being reunited for this. Yep. He's in the Wolf of Wall Street together. Yep. So, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of things that are coming together to get you excited for. A lot of returning cast members. Not, not, you know, cast members, but a lot of actors who have worked together and worked with Quentin Tarantino have already made really fucking good projects.
2: So there's history there. There's a relationship there. And those actors, it's not just that they have a relationship with the director. The director's fucking Quentin Tarantino. And the actors are Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie I feel like this is going to reek of gold come award season
0: I don't know how good this is going to be I'm assuming it's going to be very good but you never know that's true I
2: don't know if I can imagine a world where all of those people being on board would make a shit movie
0: But yeah no I'm very excited for it this just looks different I mean fun stylish and Quentin Tarantino has one of the best track records in the business so that's true
2: yeah no, oh, I feel like this is going to be really good. I'm excited to see what like the full blown trailer brings us and you know, especially want to know like when exactly this comes out. I feel like this is gonna be one that we're gonna catch like
0: right away. I know this is the teaser trailer, so we're probably going to get one more. But I wouldn't be surprised if we get one more. Tarantino doesn't really like putting trailers out there. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I know it says teaser trailer, so I'm assuming there's gonna be one more. But I, we're not gonna get a second trailer. If we get any more trailers, it's gonna be one more, and that's it. Yeah, the end. I think that's a good idea. Don't tell you enough about the movie going completely, you know, surprised by everything that happens. You don't want to get anything ruined. Because there's no way, because this makes it look
2: very much almost like a comedy. There's no way that's all it's going to be. Yeah, no, it's not. You know it's going to have some fucking dark-ass twists. There's going to be some heavy fucking
0: scenes. There's going to be some goddamn violence. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the violence in Tarantino movies is... um Always over the top. Oh, yeah. I love it. I think that that actually segues well into our next movie because yeah. us only had one trailer and we really did not know anything about it. That's true. That's true. Do you want to add anything else to this? No, I don't. I want to hop
2: into my newly bought motorboat and get the fuck out of this trailer park. <laughs> yeah, it smells like shit in here. It smells like fucking shit. <laughs> get out of here, Betty Sue. <laughs> So this movie, *Us*, the return of Jordan Peele, director, writer, producer. Probably did that backwards. I think in the order in which you credit people on movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you always end with director, but whatever, unimportant. So see, at least this time I know who the director, writer, and producer are. Yeah. Usually very I very easy. Well, yeah, usually I don't know who any three of those guys are. <laughs> all three of those guys are one guy in this one.
0: It makes my job way easier when I only have to do one name.
2: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so do we even bother walking through his history? Get out. That's all you need to know. I mean, obviously, like,
0: Keen Peel. Peele. Him and Key, um Keegan-Michael Key were in Keanu. but Yeah, Keanu. Uh, but that's Jor- not
2: really, like, his movie. Yeah,
0: Jordan Peele didn't direct it. Jordan Peele did help write it course but he didn't direct that yeah yeah
2: but i feel like he's definitely establishing almost not his own like movie verse but like almost in the tarantino style like even if jordan peele's been in other movies or even written other movies he only has two movies right now yeah get out and us like this is him making his movies we've said
0: before though he has four movies planned already i actually watched an interview with winston duke today And he said that these movies are in like the Jordan Peele universe is how he worded it. So that he has four movies planned right now that are like in the same like universe, and they're kind of taking the same kind of approach. I think where they're going to be like thriller horrors, and they're more so like a social commentary. Yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you know whatever it is six years down the road, there's like a fucking four. Blu-ray box set of all of his movies. I like, hope so. Yes. That'd, be yeah, great. that'd
2: be sick. I mean, I'm sure I'll own them all already, but why not? Yeah, exactly. Box set. <laughs> but I mean, maybe it'll come with a cup of tea and a spoon.
0: Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> you know what's funny? I think, speaking of weird things that are like in movies that you buy, the, I think it was the Target exclusive for Kingsman 2. Yeah. Had a fucking, um, fl- I think it was a flask and a thing of whiskey stones. Weird. Yeah. It's a very weird <laughs> yeah. exclusive but great cast on this movie yeah it's actually a lot of black panther in there there's a lot of black panther there's also a lot of newcomers in here i was surprised doing my research how many of these are like relatively new people even winston like duke the kids and stuff yeah, well winston
2: well, duke yeah like i haven't seen him in a lot
0: before black panther even. winston duke's first movie was black panther winston duke's wow. second movie was avengers wow. this is only i think his third movie well he's fucking
2: on a roll man what a start to your career holy shit And and he was he was great out the gate in black panther it wasn't like oh he was black panther as like a side character who didn't really do much like he was really like integral to the story of black panther and he was one of the most likable characters in the movie yeah He's, He's fucking great. I I really like him.
0: Yeah, me too. He's he did a lot of like TV and like shorts before this. Like it's not like he just okay. just got into the business, but yeah, these are his first movies, really. He I did think. a lot of shorts, he did a lot of jeans, <laughs> but no overalls. None. Just shorts and jeans. Lapita Nyong'o is fucking amazing in this movie.
2: Yeah. You see in the trailer, like the whole family has doppelgangers, so like obviously they're all pulling double duty, but she is really pulling double duty. Yeah, like fucking coming at it hard. Mm-hmm. She's she's
0: amazing. Out of everyone in this movie, she definitely has the biggest track record. I would say either her or Elizabeth Moss have the yeah. biggest body work. I guess Elizabeth Moss does, but Lupita Nyong'o has been like on fire lately. This is only movie she's been in. TV shows as well. In the last two years, two and counting, two years, six months, or whatever, she's been in yeah. seven movies. Whoa, that's yeah. big. That's a yeah. lot. Star Wars uh, 8, she's in Star Wars 9 coming out this year. Okay. Um, Black Panther, Jungle Book, Little Monsters, Us. I think there's one more movie in there, but yeah, she's been in seven movies in like two years. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, it's very good. Shahadi Wright-Joseph, she plays Zora. Um, she's also a newcomer. I think this is her first movie. I think she's going to be the voice of young Nala in the Lion King movie coming out. Oh, cool. Yeah. Evan Alex, he plays Jason. This is his first film. Um, That makes sense. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss, like we just said, she's got a pretty big body work. She's killing it right now with The Handmaid's Tale on TV. And then Tim Heidecker, from uh, Tim and Eric, he's in this movie as Josh.
2: That was a nice surprise. I didn't know he was going to be in this. I didn't know he was in this movie either, and uh, pleasantly
0: surprised. Yeah, the cast really good on this. I mean, there are really no passengers, I would say,
2: yeah, no. I mean, a lot of those characters are pretty well written too. Mm-hmm. Throughout, even if you only see them for a short amount of time, they do a really good job quickly setting up what their relationships are with each other, whether it be like the, our main characters or within like their own family dynamics and stuff. There's not there's not a lot of fat to trim there. So yeah, you, they do a really good job there.
0: You kind of get, within the first 15 minutes of this movie, 15 minutes is probably even pushing it because I would say the first scene that you see the family together in the car kind of establishes their personality. The yeah. dad is like the cheesy, you know, dad. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> the son is kind of, he, they establish him kind of as like antisocial. Like a, like a black sheep kind yeah. of. Um, the daughter is kind of like, She's sporty. Sporty, and, sassy teenager type yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and then the the mom, I mean, you get a you get a scene right before that that kind of sets up her whole story. But flashback scene. Yeah. A very important flashback very scene. Very important. More
2: than you might even realize, sir. Okay.
0: So here's what I'm gonna propose.
2: Okay. Hit me with it. Yeah, we're gonna
0: need to figure out a layout for how we're gonna talk about
2: this movie. Yeah.
0: So why don't we go about the movie, like the review, the just saying the things that we like. Things that we dislike. Then after that, we can get into the deeper meaning of the movie and Easter eggs.
2: All right. Here. All right. That's fine. Because because holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) There's almost no way to talk about this movie without spoiling everything. Yeah. Because you basically to explain a lot of the Easter eggs, we have to tell you the end of the movie first and then go back and link everything
0: back to it. So or should I say? Tether. <laughs> it back. How many times can we do this? I will do it a lot. I know that this is a spoiler podcast.
2: Yeah, this is this is especially a
0: spoiler episode. Yeah, like I this am. Movie is important. Normally, to not I, know I would the tell people like because it's our podcast. Nah, just fucking listen. We need the views. Yeah, this movie, like, please go see this movie and then come back and listen to this review. Yeah, because man, this movie is so. You don't want to get this spoiled for you. I'll no, just say that. I'll, no. You don't want to get it spoiled for you.
2: It might even do us a service to let's let's keep our, um, our feelings that we're about to talk about on the movie very spoiler free. Mm-hmm. And then we will give you a heads up when you need to turn this motherfucker off. off. <laughs> okay.
0: Which will probably be very it's soon. soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start off from the top. We've already touched on it, but the acting in this movie is excellent. Absolutely. I mean, it definitely shows again why Jordan Peele is establishing himself as one of the best in the business in terms of being a director. Yes. Cuz he does not get shitty performances out of his actors.
2: No, and like that's what I was almost saying with like the even the the side family, not our main family that we're following, but even like the other characters. One, they don't water it down with too many extra characters. They basically just keep it to our main family their doppelgangers, and then their friends, yep. family. And that's really it. Like, you don't meet anybody new. Yep. There's no extra side characters, so they do a really good job keeping it clean and tight and not confusing the story by adding, like, some sort of, like, extra, you know, anonymous bodies that, like, really don't add much. Like, they just write well for the few people that they have, and they're really the only importance in the movie. It, so it, it
0: makes a lot of sense, knowing how good get out is get out is I mean get out one best original screenplay when it came out yeah it it's one of the tightest scripts you're gonna like ever see there's no wasted space in that movie and I feel like with this with the characters they have in it they only spend time with what's important like you said yeah. there's the family they're doppelgangers there's another family and even that other family you only really stay with them for what five minutes yeah like it's really about the family
2: our main family yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, like they they really don't waste a lot of time in this movie.
0: I think out of any of the actors if I'm going to nitpick one actor <gasps> it would be Winston Duke. Really? Yeah. I liked him. I I liked him too. I, that's what I'm saying if it, I want to nitpick. Okay. So he I mean he definitely makes some of the dumbest
2: he he is our standard Horror movie guy, I feel like yeah, who makes all of the, like the worst choices most <laughs> of the time.
0: He is the um, he's the comic relief character in this movie for sure. They gave him yeah, mm, I would say almost all like the funny, not all the funny lines, but a lot of funny. Tim Heidecker definitely a comedian. Yes. thing. yeah, he's Tim Heidecker has a lot of really
2: good lines as but well. Even their interactions, like it makes sense. Like they're the two that interact the most with each other between the two families. Mm-hmm.
0: The only thing that I, it was just there was a few moments where the stakes are getting raised and I didn't feel that tension come from him all that much. He okay. still had a lot of quippy lines and stuff like that. And I would have liked him to have been a little bit more intense, but this I'm nitpicking. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you watch Lupita's performance and you watch his and well, yeah, if you put them she, side by side, it's like she's at like a heightened state of like distress the entire movie. And for a lot of the movie, he's kind of a little bit laid back, even like I'm saying
2: this right fucking now. If she doesn't get nominated for She's Best not going Actress, to. <laughs> I know she won't, but if she doesn't, I'm going to be fucking livid. Yeah. This is, granted, I didn't see everything from last year, but this would smoke any of the nominees from last year.
0: This is on par with Toni Collette for Hereditary, and she didn't get nominated. No, she I didn't. I think the Academy just doesn't like horror movies.
2: Yeah, they really don't give a lot of credit to horror as a genre. Yeah. But you know
0: what? Who knows?
2: Because they were also weren't paying any love towards uh, comic book movies. Yeah. And then, and then Black Panther gets nominated for Best Picture. I also ho- starring
0: Lupita. Yeah. <laughs> and Winston. And Winston, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I hope that she gets nominated, though, because she is great. And so far, I know I haven't seen that many movies, and it's only March, but this is the best actress performance of the year so far so for sure. far. yeah,
2: crushing it yep. we're we are one fourth of the way through the year and she is a uh, way ahead of the pack yeah way the fuck ahead of the pack
0: we're gonna comment on this deeper later on but the score and soundtrack oh, of this movie yes really good
2: yes integral yeah integral too i especially like i talk about like music can kill a scene for me in a heartbeat this movie not only has an amazing score, but the way that it uses actual songs in, in the context of the film, not only within the scene, just like if they're driving somewhere, like the music plays into the themes of the movie, and then at times the music actually sort of adds commentary to the scene that you're watching and either foreshadows or kind of recaps where the characters are at. I'm touching a little bit on something I want to talk about once we
0: start getting all spoilery, but like, so goddamn well done. This composer has only done two movies. What are they? This and get out.
2: Awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, good though. Cause that means he's like working with a team. Like he found something successful. He has people that he works very well with and understand how to execute his vision. Fucking keep it going. You're, Keep the ball rolling, man. Yeah. But even
0: Get Out has a great score. Yeah. And equally as good soundtrack. Yeah. I keep, I always think about how, like, not the opening scene, but the opening scene that you see our main characters, uh, Childish Gambino's playing. Yeah. Is is Redbone. Yeah. Exactly. Such a good intro.
2: And even that song plays into the greater theme of the entire movie. Yep. It's fucking brilliant. I, I love that. And even when we did the trailer park for this movie, I said how much I love their yeah. use of I got five on it. And then the way that it shifted and changed to more of like an orchestral and it's kind of spaced out and it made it sound like it was for a horror movie. And it's really just kind of like a
0: slowed down version of the song with just orchestra. If you go on uh, Spotify, you can listen to that version of the song. I know because I did I, it already. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> this is again. I'm gonna just start blowing Jordan Peele right here, but <laughs> 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 but like, oh, he just walked in. <laughs> in. Hello, Jordan. <laughs> Drop trow, bro. <laughs> I mean, even within the first few minutes of this movie, when you go see this movie, keep in mind that everything they show you has a meaning. There's nothing oh, yes. in this movie that is wasted. The script is super tight, and I mean, he is definitely one of the best at building tension and giving you just a super lean script that has no wasted space. And I don't, I don't want to like really get into it too much, but even there's the opening scene of this movie, which kind of sets everything in motion. It's a very long; a lot of it is like a tracking shot, kind of behind people, yeah, and they're showing things around. The, the they're on a boardwalk and I just I love that scene I watched it it's I've seen the movie twice now and man I, I loved it and then there's a you know from there there's a sequence that she goes to the beach and there's a maze and the maze part also like just gives you chills when you're watching it
2: yeah dude it's very unsettling yeah awesome and none of that's that's none of that's a spoiler anyways that's like shit that you see in the fucking trailer half mm-hmm. of that yeah
0: <laughs> I'm running out of things here but uh well. I- you know, you know what? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say one thing. I think this is actually right. very important for someone to know. Good. I got the complaint a lot when talking about Get Out that Get Out was a little bit of a letdown for people because it wasn't scary, that they felt that it was a little bit mismarketed because it wasn't that strong of a horror movie. Yeah. Us is much more of a horror movie. Right, absolutely. At, at the same time, I don't think us is as accessible as Get Out is. How do you mean? It can go both ways. It is and it isn't, and that doesn't make any sense. But I'll say why. It is because it's more of a horror film. I feel like you can go in and you can just watch this movie as a horror film and still enjoy it. Get Out wasn't so much of a horror film. It was, I would say, maybe more of a thriller. Yeah. But if you really wanted a horror film, I think Us is the movie that you're going to want to watch. Yeah. Now, when I say it's not as accessible, I think Get Out, you can watch it. And there's a lot of things that behind the scenes... Symb- like symbols, metaphors and stuff, they're there. But the movie, once you watch it, you have the movie. Like you know the point. The point of the movie is pretty straightforward. Right. Um it all
2: comes and, together by the time they have the big reveal at the yeah. end.
0: I mean he was writing get out for 10 years and it all gets wrapped up in a little bow. I mean it makes sense it was his first movie, you know, you want to
2: Yeah. Oh I see. This does leave things a little bit more ambiguous this, and leave more to this movie does not out.
0: tell you the meaning of the movie. And unless you want to think about this, if you're if you're someone who just wants to watch a horror movie, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But if you were hoping for something, you know, a little bit more than that, you're gonna to have to think a little bit more about this movie. Which is why I think maybe the mainstream moviegoer might not enjoy this as much, because for me at least, the things that I love about this movie are the things that it means, the symbolism, all the hidden secrets in the script and stuff like that, in the bigger picture. And it's not obvious at all. There, you got to do a little bit of digging. Yeah. After the fact for even, this movie,
2: even for me, like there were things that I noticed on the f- on first watching it. I wrote down his notes just as like little things. I'm like, oh, I noticed that. I'm like, oh, that's a cool little thing. And then I got home and I was just like, Charlie uh, in <laughs> It's Always Sunny. With, yeah, with, with the, the, the little, letters yep. and stuff. And he's just showing. I was like, where do they go? <laughs> that's like what I was like. So like I write it down when I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh, that's a cool little thing. And then later I got home that night and I'm sitting in my living room. And I'm watching some other dog shit Netflix movie. Cause I'm trying to smoke you this year. And, <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I started thinking more about it. And I'm like, Holy fuck. That actually means something completely different. And I ran out to my car, which is in the driveway. Mind you, this is like middle of the night. It's raining, ran out in my socks to go get <laughs> my notebook. And I, and I filled up the rest of my notes because I was like, Holy shit. And that means this. And then as I'm writing that, I'm like, Oh my God, that means that this means this. And I like, oh Oh, the amount of thinking that it just charges and I feel like the conversations that this movie can spark it, it's just unbelievable and I feel like there's going to be things that you're going to notice that I didn't and I'm going to notice that you didn't and even when we were leaving the theater we started talking about this movie and as uh, your brother was talking to us about things that he thought and you're mentioning things and I'm like well actually I noticed this which would which would kind of Wrap up that thing that you felt wasn't wrapped up, and then all of a
0: sudden, we're like, Oh, shit you're right, like, I gotta fucking see this again. Like, I it was funny because leaving the theater, r- my immediate reaction when the tr like, the credits started was, I'm a little let down, yeah. And then, I remember you saying that. And then 20 minutes after that, from the theater to my our drive home, yeah, I was like, This movie fucking kicks ass, <laughs> yeah, because you really
2: start thinking about it and taking all these little pieces and putting it all together, like. As you were saying with Get Out, Get Out shows you puzzle pieces, and then it puts the puzzle together for you. Yeah. This movie shows you puzzle pieces, and by the end of it, even though the puzzle isn't fully put together, you still feel fine. Like, it feels good. It, just, it feels like a
0: horror movie. It feels fine. I feel like right. fine's a good word, but then once you put everything together...
2: Yeah, and once you actually piece together the puzzle by yourself afterwards, you start realizing this is the most beautiful puzzle I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> like, it's so fucking cool. So. At this moment, spoilers. Spoilers galore. Pause the fucking podcast. Go see the movie and then come back and finish it because we are going into the shit now. Yeah. You're I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna say one it. more thing. That, no, we're spoiling just it. Just
0: one, one section, and then we can just Dumbledore all
2: spoil it. dies. <laughs> Snape
0: does it. The cinematography in this movie is really good. And then Oh I, yeah. I, I won't even really get on it. But there's a lot of great scenes with like the ocean, the maze, a lot of scenes with tunnels that are awesome. The scenes
2: with the, this is no spoiler because they show it in the trailer. Like, you know, like the doppelgangers invade the house and everything Mm -hmm. that scene when they're, they're breaking in. Oh, great. The way that the The camera camera moves through the house. uh, Yeah. So good. I was like, I wrote it down. I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like just this whole scene is shot beautifully. Like the lighting in it. It's, it's an, it's incredible. Like the way that they did it and the sound design with like, them from different points in the you house, hear like glass
0: breaking in different rooms and stuff like it's that.
2: Really fucking one. It looks amazing, but two, it like my heart was like pounding. Like it really builds the suspense and just like gets you on the edge of your seat. Yeah. All right. So now spoilers,
0: motherfucker. Spoilers galore. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I gotta <laughs> shake it out of me. Shake it out. Here we go. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to really just go through the events real quick, or do you want to just start going into it?
2: I want to start going into it.
0: You, you start off then. This movie has a
2: lot of things right out of the gate. Like I was saying, you see it and you're just like, oh, that's a cool little thing. And you think it just sets up the time. So this opening scene is a flashback to 1986. six, Right. And it starts... I think a, I have this written down. Again, with a beautiful visual of the camera panning out from a TV, TV. as yes. she's watching... The thing for, uh, it's like an advertisement for Hands, Hands Across, Across America, America, which becomes a very important theme to the movie. Not if what I'm you, talking about. If you
0: don't know what Hands Across America is, Google it. Google it before it was a you real see thing. the movie or afterwards. It was a real thing. Real did you thing. know
2: that it was a real thing before seeing the movie? I did. Okay, I did me know. too. Because we're also, you know, 30. So. Yeah.
0: There's, there's a song associated with it. That's right. How, that's how I knew about it. Yes. Um, exactly. But also, the
2: guy who started
0: that is the same guy who did um, We Are the World. Oh, okay. So I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. But I didn't know that was a real thing. I didn't know the exact specifics of it. Right. I so, did have to do some research. I'm I, not
2: going to act like I just know everything. Yeah, like I, te- I did have to look it up.
0: I texted you maybe a half hour after we got back. Yeah. And I was like, Google that. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Google uh, it. But yes, I think you're going to say what I was, I have written down. There's a VHS
2: tape next to the TV as there is a few zooming out. There are a few, Hmm. but the, the only one that I remembered <laughs> I'm sure there are others that play into it.
0: A movie called Chud. Ooh, so you have the only movie that I do not have written down. Awesome! Yeah, go go for it. That's why we have a podcast. (laughs) Chud, for
2: those who don't know, is a horror movie from the 80s, so it's another horror movie which kind of could play. When I saw it, I was like, oh, that movie's awesome. That's cool. It establishes the 80s. It makes sense because we're watching a horror movie. There's a horror movie there, so it kind of just like fit. And the more I thought about it, Chud stands for, for those who don't know, Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers, Ooh. which leads us all the way to the end. So again, they show you a, such a small piece of a puzzle that won't make sense until you know the ending when you find out that these tethered people lived underground. Yes, they're the underground dwellers. Granted, they're not cannibalistic or who knows? Maybe they are. Yeah, no, they didn't. The- they didn't go into the cannibalism in this movie. I will. No, t- I, I'll spoil half for you. I would you. say
0: they're not. They're not cannibals, but.
2: But if you were looking for
0: a cannibal movie, guess what? <laughs> this ain't it. Uh, but what? What are the other movies? That's that's great okay. that we noticed different ones. Yeah. So can I say the big meaning of the movie, or just in one word? Yeah. Sure. So us America is about us, as in Americans. Yeah. And one of the big themes of this movie is basically about the state of the country right now. Yes. Now, when the movie starts, there is a movie to the right of the TV uh-huh Chud was to the left. Yep. Called The Right Stuff, which is a movie basically about how great America is. Whoa. Now, that comes full circle because yes. when the movie starts, it's in 86. Hands Across America is this giant charity event where it's supposed to unite the whole country, right, and raise yep. well, raise uh, raise money for you know like poverty, um, the homeless, homeless, yeah. And it was like this big like unifying experience. They were not literally, I don't think, but people were supposed to you know link hands across, literally across the whole. No, they literally wanted to do it. I th- yeah, I that think... was the goal. <laughs> but but <laughs> it's, it's impossible. <laughs>
2: yeah, pretty much. But a lot of in a lot of points, like people use like rope or ribbons and stuff to kind of like fill gaps to kind of spread people out further.
0: But they did do it. So that movie shows up at the beginning of the movie in the 80s while this Hands Across America trailer commercial thing is playing. Yeah. And it's supposed to kind of foreshadow where the country was at the time. Like that is kind of like when we were most unified in a sense. Maybe. I don't know if it was most, but it well, was the country not, was definitely but... better then. I mean, that was, that was definitely a unifying experience for the country. And then by the end of this movie, it's supposed to symbolize where we are now. Yeah. And so that movie was there for that. There's another movie, which I just know, being a Jordan Peele factoid, that he loves this movie. Nightmare on Elm Street is there. Oh, okay. That's one of his favorite horror movies. Cool. And then there's another movie. Which is a copy of a VHS tape. Right. I knew there was one
2: that was like a. And I think that is supposed video. to just
0: foreshadow how the people are clones. Okay. Yeah. That could be. There's a lot of symbolism in this movie that is basically just like copies of things.
2: Yeah. Damn. That's so cool. I'm glad that it's funny that I'm <laughs> I only picked out one movie, but it happened
0: to be the one movie you didn't it was, get down. Yeah. It, well, when I went and saw it the second time, I was You're like looking for everything. I wrote I wrote down the movies and then I was like okay, which ones of these can I actually make something out of? Oh, three of them. So Yeah. Well,
2: did you know what Chud was?
0: No, I beforehand? didn't. Yeah.
2: Chud's awesome. BT Dubs. We should we should watch that sometime. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that I thought that was cool. And then in that same flashback scene, that's where we get that opening where they're walking on the boardwalk. Yep. Something that I had pointed out because um you know, we we like a little bit of the punk rock musics and there are a lot of black flag references in this movie mostly just in terms of like what people are wearing yeah there's numerous t-shirts numerous the twin girls in the family one of them is wearing a the plain white shirt with the black flag bars that just says black flag but more importantly there are two shirts in the booth there's a part where uh the little girl's father is trying to in the flashback the little girl's father is trying to win her some prize. So there's a row of t-shirts where you can, you can pick which ones you want. And she picks a thriller one, which does kind of serve to like that kind of like horror thing. You know, like the zombies in that video and like the way they move is very similar to the way like the tethered move. So like there could be that symbolism too. Mm -hmm. But I wrote down I'm like, wow, a lot of black flag stuff. That's really cool. That was like my whole note. And then I saw (laughs) more black flag stuff later. And I was like, oh, Jordan Peele must just really like Black Flag, and I guess it makes sense for the 80s and everything. And then I paid more attention to what albums those t-shirts are from. It's not shown, but Black Flag has an album called Everything Went Black, and on the front of it, it's just like two hands, and they're holding like hedge clippers, aka giant scissors, and all of the tethered have like these gold pairs of scissors and they're like murdering people with it. So maybe there's that kind of a connection, but they don't show everything went black in it, but there is so much black flag. I'm like, well, they use the scissor imagery. Maybe there's something there more importantly though. And I think bigger, the two albums that are prominently featured on these t-shirts are an album called my war and jealous again, jealous again would make sense because I think a lot of the, the main, tethered woman the the mother who is the tethered who's uh kind of organizing this thing we find out she states she's like you know you guys up here in the sunlight have served your time and you don't know how good you have it and it's our time so yep. there's that jealousy that you've had all of this and we have to live underground and now we're gonna take take the sun mm-hmm. basically so there's that jealousy jealous again my war the imagery on the front of that cover it's like um like an old timey face. I don't know if it's like a puppet or something like that, but I guess I'd have to look more into like what the artist of that album cover was kind of drawing there. But there's like a uh, a hand that's holding a knife. It's pointing down, like like it's gonna stab you or something like that. So there's that. But I think more importantly is what "my war" actually means. And this is something when I was talking about with uh wifey Megan, um she pointed out that "my war" itself is like the song is like about inner struggle and inner turmoil with yourself. So the war is against yourself,
0: which makes sense with these doppelgangers. Yeah. Because so, a big theme of this movie is about how we are our own worst enemy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think at first I'm like black flag, that's cool. No, I think black flag is there because they touch on a lot of the themes that are played throughout this movie.
0: Hmm. I mean, it, fucking kaboom in <laughs> the, my brain. The amount of t-shirts that are in the movie of it, it it makes a lot of sense. I, f- I figured there had to be some meaning behind that just because I kept seeing it.
2: Yeah, it came up a lot, and I was just like, this can't just be for nothing. That's why I was like, maybe he just really likes Black Flag. No, th-
0: that's <laughs> why, like, when I said that everything in this movie is for a reason, literally everything in this movie yes, is for a reason.
2: Very much so. Damn, yeah, and we're only in the, like, first... 10 minutes of the movie yeah i don't
0: i don't know if i we should really blow open the big spoiler well because that leads into a lot of things for me
2: well then i just want to say this okay the big spoiler that we're not getting into i showed colin as soon as the movie ended it's my second note in the movie i knew the end of the movie within the first 10 minutes (laughs) i literally i wrote it down because i was like i need to prove that i saw this coming the whole time because if i'm right I'm a fucking genius. genius.
0: <laughs> Turns out I was right. You were right. I'm gonna get into, I guess, the first big reveal in the movie. Hit me with it. Okay. So well, I already know it, but hit the hit the it. Hit the with listener it. with it. So I mean, basically, we're gonna hit you, listeners. <laughs> basically, uh, you know, the main family, mm-hmm. they're at their house. They get invaded by this other family that looks exactly like them, and then it's almost like a big like cat and mouse chase for about a you know 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Then there's a big reveal where you find out that all, and it's not just their family. Like there are multiple other doppelgangers for other people coming up throughout the world. They show it on the news right. they and find out the hard way. Yeah. And they're like creating, they're killing their their doubles. They're yep. creating a giant link, just like Hands Across America. Yep. You find out basically that the United States government they started an experiment where these underground tunnels, which they say in the very first scene of the movie there's oh, yeah, text that pops up, up text and it says you know there's the like there's like hundreds two, of thousands, yeah, thousands of, of uh, miles abandoned tunnels throughout the united states and nobody knows what their purpose is well apparently in this universe this is what their purpose was yeah and they basically were making clones of humans yep. and the, but the humans they there's two bodies but they share the same soul right and the they point
2: could, they could clone the body but they can't make a copy of the soul. Yeah.
0: And the point of it, which I noticed, I picked this up the second time we saw it. They say that the point was for them to use the people below ground as marionettes to control the people above. Yes. and Exactly. But the project was abandoned and basically they just left all these people forgotten down in the tunnels. Yep. So that's the big first huge reveal of this. It's fucking weird and I love it. Yeah. It's very weird. (laughs) And the second big reveal that you called is that the mom was originally one of the clones down in the tunnels, right? And when she was like, they—I don't think they ever say how old she is, but like six or something like that. A little girl. They got swapped. They—they they, the two copies, the copy and the original girl meet up, and the, uh, that
2: the, in that opening flashback in the boardwalk, because all you see in that opening flashback is she goes into this like hall of mirrors, and then when she she is kind of getting lost, then she turns around to one mirror or what she thinks is a mirror. But when she turns around, she sees the back of her own head. Yeah. Because it's not a mirror. It's her doppelganger standing there facing the other way. hmm And then starts the movie. So then throughout the movie, she has more flashbacks, and you see a little bit further and further. So then the next time you see it, you see the little girl turn around, and then that's it. And the next time you see her turn around, and then she, like, smiles or whatever. But then by the end, that's when you see her turn around, smile, and then that's when she chokes the little girl. Yep. And in that moment, when the clone chokes the little girl, she chokes her out and drags her body down and handcuffs her to a bed, kind of
0: switches places with her yep. and goes back. She assumes the role of the girl. She goes right. back to her family. And throughout the first, that's like really deep in the movie. Like there's only that's, maybe like five minutes left in the movie when they yeah, reveal that. Yeah, that's like the very end of the movie. Yeah. Um, We're bouncing along everywhere. <laughs> but the, but they when they reveal that, that is like the big like holy shit moment in the movie. I didn't pick up on it. You picked up on it right away.
2: I picked up on it pretty much immediately.
0: Yeah, my brother picked up through it halfway through the movie about, but they play off a lot of the things as in just like she had this traumatic experience where she saw a copy of herself and it freaked her out. Yeah, and fucked her up, for, you know, for life, and now she's kind of antisocial and stuff. Yeah, but she's when, nervous about the whole thing. But then there are so many different symbols. For you to like pick apart as the movie goes on that I yeah. saw the second time that I was like, oh, nope, there it is. There it is again. Yep, there it is also. Yep. And uh it's really cool. Now, I kind of wanted to say all of that because there's a lot of things that you have to know for, for other things we're going to say to make sense. Right. Yeah, that, that's like what
2: we were saying. Like, you got to know the very end of the movie so that when we start talking about all the little things that we liked, because those things are only valuable once you know the end. Yeah. but. No, I picked it up pretty much right away because, you know, if she goes down there, blah, blah, blah. When she comes back, it's all like she hasn't spoken and she's been different ever since that day. And I was like, well, oh, probably because she is different.
0: Yeah. She's a different person. The mom even says, uh, I just want my baby back. Yes. And it's like, Chili's commercial. <laughs> no. Uh, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Now
2: Chili's baby back clones. <laughs>
0: But it's it is almost in a sense literal. She doesn't know it's literal, right? But it, you know, that's yeah. not the same girl.
2: Yeah, for sure. And it and then makes sense. And especially knowing, because in that moment, like you know, you see in the trailer when she she says like "Be
1: careful,"
2: yeah, and she like does the laugh and everything. She is the only tethered who can talk. Yes, and knowing that, and then knowing. That when this little girl comes back from that traumatic experience, they're like, she can't talk. And they're like, encourage her to draw and dance and blah, yeah, blah, Yeah, they blah. say
0: that she can't talk because of this traumatic experience, where in reality, uh, yeah, uh, she literally can't talk. She
2: can't talk because she's one of the tethered who don't know how to talk. Yeah. So that's why she doesn't talk. And then she gradually learns. And then that's why she like seems human later. But that's also the reason why the mother is the only quote unquote tethered clone because she's not a clone. Yeah. But that's why she's the only one from Underground who can actually speak.
0: Mhm. Now, you want me to hit you with a few of like the metaphors and foreshadowing and stuff like that for that reveal? Yeah, that hit me with it. I want to just I want to see what's, now, which ones I got. Okay. Do you have the Itsy Bitsy Spider? No. I don't. What what's that one there? The song she's whistling is the Itsy Bitsy Spider. Oh, uh, okay. In the maze right before the girl, the doppelganger grabs her. Yeah. Uh, the lyrics to the it's a beezy spider are um, the it's a beezy spider went up the water spout. Down, down came in the rain, way. washed the spider out. That's like metaphor for the girl going up the spout, but then coming back down later on in the movie. Ooh, I yeah. dig that. And then another one. She's not talking to the other, uh, the family that they go on vacation with or meet up with on the beach. She's not talking to the other wife. Right. And basically she's like, you okay? And she's like, oh, I just don't. She basically says like, I'm not very social. Yeah. But the reason that she's not very social is because she developed her social skills at a very later age because right. she didn't come up into the real world until she was, you know, eight or nine or whatever. Okay. Then there's another that. scene where you had that one. No, I'm
2: saying I, I understand. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, you said I got that. it.
0: Then there's another one where they're all eating food at a table. They all have fast food except her. She's eating strawberries. She's huh. she's different than everyone else in the rest of the family. Okay.
2: That was a re- very subtle one. I didn't pick yeah. up on.
0: Yeah, definitely wouldn't have picked up on that. I think that is it for all the ones that would deal with her. But yeah, know when you watch it again a second time, you're like Oh shit, this there's a lot of other things there that tell you, you know, she's not the, she's not the same as everyone else here. Yeah. And then well there's also well later on like once the shit starts going
2: down, there's a lot of times where you can kind of see it because once she starts like taking matters in her own hands and like killing the tethered families that are coming after her, whether it's like the um like their friends family or their own doppelgangers that are coming, she makes sounds that are almost identical to the tethered, like, as she's killing them. Mm-hmm. And she almost moves in the same way as the rest of the tethered. And the only person who ever catches her in those moments is the little boy. boy. yeah. So I think, like, even there, it was
0: just more solidification for me, or I was just like,
2: definitely. No, definitely I'm, I'm going to
0: debunk something right now. Ooh, what do you got? A lot of people online think that the little boy was switched when he went to the bathroom. No. Yeah. No way. A lot of people no. think that. And i thought about it. I knew about that theory going to see it the second time. Yeah. There's no way.
2: No. It, it doesn't make any sense. It
0: doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. There's people that are saying, like, there's a part where there's a car on fire, and the doppelganger boy named Pluto is snapping his fingers, and they're like, it's actually the same kid because his mom told him to snap and rhythm in the car ride at the beginning of the movie.
2: Well, no, and I think he's. I think he's mimicking the lighter thing. That's yeah, no, that's that's what I thought too. Oh well, then maybe
0: maybe they were switched earlier. Here's the thing: like, if it's the same boy, why in the span of a day is he crawling around like a dog? <laughs> yeah, and it's like grunting. Yeah, it's a like, good point. Yeah, like, but or- then,
2: but then maybe because the way that he kills the other little boy is that he starts walking backwards. But the way that the tethered work is the clones are used to control the people above ground, not the other way around. Yeah. But he gets the other boy, the quote tethered one who wears the mask and has the burnt face. He gets him to walk backwards into the fire by he himself walking backwards into the fire. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why, because maybe
0: he is, maybe he is. I've, you know what you bringing this up actually flipped me against you <laughs> i don't i don't think so i think there's too much against it but the but, but maybe they didn't get switched in at that at that moment you know
2: what i mean maybe they weren't switched then maybe they maybe they weren't switched at that moment because this is something that i was thinking about like they talk about the last time like oh last time we were here you were you were messing with that that trick you couldn't even get it to work or whatever mm-hmm But, and it makes like a spark or something like that. What if the last time they were there, that little boy was playing with that. He, and that like burnt his face or something like that. So the mother switched him so that she can have like a clean one. Basically, maybe that could also explain why he is kind of a black sheep and he doesn't talk a lot in basically any of the scenes and why he has the closest connection to the mother. You know what I mean? Like, they have the closest relationship. But then even at the end, like, he's watching. He's, like, staring at her because either, like, he really, uh, well, I guess they don't really, like, define it. But, like, he either realizes that she was the cloned one. But maybe it's actually, like, they just realize, like, they are in it together. Like, they are the the ones who got out.
0: I think there's. who got out. <laughs> I think there's evidence to argue it either way. Which just t- makes it even more interesting yeah, and fun. T- for, for me, I feel like there's more evidence that would prove that it's not.
2: But I think the, I think the most damning thing
0: is the fact that the kid was able to control the doppelganger. Why is that? But all the all the people above, because they establish later on the things that people do at the top, you know, like above ground, uh, affects the people below. Like there's a really kind of funny scene in a way where they're riding rides and you see people in rooms, like oh, yeah, kind of yeah. stuff like that. I think you know the tethered were made to control people above by having the government tell them do this.
2: Oh, but maybe not necessarily. It only
0: goes one way. Yeah. I think there's I th- only one way to find out. I gotta go see the movie it's again. again. <laughs> I, the thing for me is I just don't know why if that was the original kid swapped, why he would be so animalistic yeah. <laughs> in his behavior. No, I, d- yeah, I understand. And I, I, th- at the very least, maybe they were switched later on, like you were saying, but the last time they were there was a year ago. I feel like that is too close of a you know time gap for that big of a change to happen. Yeah. So it would have to have been when they were younger, but you never know. There's nothing that is is in the movie that can establish that.
2: It just begs the question of, you know, is he or isn't he?
0: Who knows? I mean, I don't know. It's
2: got us talking. Now, I kind of think he is. I don't. I will say for anybody out there I am not agreeing with you if you think they were switched to the bathroom it just doesn't make sense yeah like there's too many there's it would create too many issues in the movie that it just wouldn't make any sense and with how airtight the rest of this movie is, I very seriously doubt that that's what they were thinking in mm-hmm. that moment because it would just it would it would make everything else crumble basically
0: yeah there's there's other evidence where maybe he was switched at a previous date before the events of the movie happened. When that boy walks backwards into the fire, the yeah. mom starts screaming, "No!" Yeah. So, there is evidence for both sides. I just feel like in the timeline of this movie, he did not get swapped. No. When and there's not a- not from when this the movie started to when it ended, he didn't get swapped.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I guess minus that time jump because obviously. Yeah. <laughs> this movie spans <laughs> so, like twenty, thirty years. So. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I don't think it happened when he
0: went to the bathroom. <laughs>
2: No, definitely not. But I could very easily see why people would believe that he is also a tethered. Yeah. So, awesome.
0: I kind of want to get a little bit more into like the overall meaning of the movie. I know we kind of went into like how the Hands Across America thing is big and how it's movie's supposed to symbolize, you know, how America is now and how it used to be. Yeah. But just a few other things. So with Hands Across America, even though it was supposed to be like this uniting experience and it did bring a lot of the country together at the same time the people that it was for being the homeless the charity didn't meet make its goal yep and then they only gave like the homeless like a quarter of the money made damn and and the homeless felt very like forgotten yeah and if you replace the homeless for the tethered yeah it's almost a direct correlation With how they were the ones that were forgotten. They were left abandoned by the government. And then later on they're the ones that come up and they like rise. Now I'm not saying the homeless are, but in another sense, the way America was built was the under, you know, the lower class people revolting against the upper class. Yeah. And this is almost like a retelling of what could happen in America. Not obviously not literally, but like but like This is, in a sense, almost like a retelling of it in the direction that our country is going, especially because, I mean, like it or not, our country is more divided than it ever has been right now. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are, you know, just going along with like things that like people in power say and stuff like that, which is another thing that the only person who can speak in the tethered is the mom. And it's kind of a metaphor that the people in power are the ones with the microphone.
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I like that. I dig on that. There's also another really big thing in this movie that keeps popping up and it actually plays very much back into the um, this idea that America is kind of like pretty pretty bad off just in terms of like how far we've come. Like you would think we'd be in a much better position, but we're not. And we're kind of like seeing our own doom unfold. And that speaks like volumes through the Jeremiah 1111. I've got that written down too, which pops up a lot. They make it very obvious. It's not like a hidden thing. like you see it on a homeless man holding a sign when, in the first scene when the little girl's like walking off into the sand on the beach. and that's when she finds the fun house that she gets lost in and switched in eventually. There's a man holding that and then later when they're underground, they see his doppelganger and he has the 1111 carved in his head. Yep. He's also the dead body who they drag out of the house when they first get into town. He's mm-hmm. the, he's the first tethered one who gets killed,
0: and did you pick up that the body that is on the beach? Yes, is yeah, his body. That's, that's his he, tether coming out. Yeah, like he and came he out of the, he is the, the sun. first one starting the chain.
2: Yeah, that's why he's standing there with yeah. his, with his hands out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Jeremiah eleven eleven. You you looked it up too. I did. Yeah. So, with, without reading the entire passage, because, you know, it's the Bible, it's going to be wordy, but the I think the, the main nut and how it really relates to this movie is summed up by this small piece from Jeremiah 1111. 11. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not. Hearken unto them. Yep. It basically says, you did this to yourself, you're fucked, and I'm not going to help you. you. Yep. (laughs) Yes,
0: it does. (laughs) Fucking gnarly, dude. Yeah. That's some fucking metal shit. Yeah. I mean, they made this thing, they abandoned it, and now they're going to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we can't help you, but we
2: won't. Also, because even in all of this, the police never answer. No, it, it, you never see. There's never a, a scene where like the military comes
0: in and takes action. They li- it. The country just lets it happen. Seemingly. I think there's reasons for that because some people were like, well, why is there? I mean, they're in hiding millions, M- millionaires are or maybe billions. Yeah. I don't know how many what the population is in the United States. But if there's a doppelganger, couple, every couple single person, of <laughs> a couple <Yeah>. hundred of us, a couple hundred. Yeah. You know, everybody's doppelganger comes out there. Was probably the cops. Doppelganger came out and they went yeah. for, went for them. Like there's reasons why help couldn't be you know had because yeah. literally everybody was dealing with their own shit at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Because it was a planned attack. They were planning it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And one last thing with the Jeremiah eleven eleven, it's got to be totally coincidental because. That verse fits into what is happening in the movie so well, but just the fact that eleven eleven is in and of itself a copy is just awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah,
2: because you know they couldn't have planned that. No, wait, did Jordan Peele also write the New Testament? <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> he, oh, went, he went into the quantum realm. Yes,
0: <laughs> rewrote a couple of verses so that we would fit. I'm gonna start reading the Bible if that's the case.
2: <laughs> Hard pass. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and eleven eleven shows up a few times. It's eleven eleven on the clock when the kids about to go to bed, and he's like, "Look, mom, eleven 11 and then right. that's what she like gets freaked out because she remembers the Jeremiah eleven eleven person on the boardwalk from when she was a little girl. Yep, there is a lot of imagery in this movie with rabbits. Yes, now I think I believe that there is a logical, symbolic reference to that or reason for that. And that there's also a logical reason just in the terms of the story and how the people lived underground, why they're rabbits. Yep. But also, Jordan Peele basically (laughs) said that he fucking hates rabbits. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) He just genuinely thinks they're creepy and weird.
2: Did you see his actual quote where he was like, he's like, you ever look in their eyes? Just dead like nothing.
0: That's some like sociopathic psycho killer shit. Do you see the thing with the brain? He goes. He goes. If you took a rabbit's brain and put it in a human body, you get, you Myers. get Mike Myers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, but no, I mean, I think he's covering up. He doesn't want to just over-explain everything in his yeah, movie because no. it's supposed to be open for interpretation, mm-hmm. and to get people thinking and talking. But no, it it definitely has more significance because actually, how much time do they spend in that opening with like the credits and like oh, panning yeah. out from it? Like it's a long time. You don't spend that much time on one one shot unless it holds some sort
0: of bigger importance in your in your movie like we said this when we did the trailer park for this but rabbits are one of the few animals that we can successfully clone right now yep cloning the clones of all the people in you know down in the the tunnels that makes sense it makes sense that the government would work on rabbits first before trying it on humans yeah that's why there's so many rabbits down there but also if you want to get into like if you want to be one of those people that are going to try and pick this apart and how do they fucking live down there Rabbits reproduce more than I think almost any other animal.
2: Yeah. That's why they say, like, fucking like rabbits. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. So
0: they, I mean, would it be a constant source of food, which they said that they ate the rabbits raw? Yep. It makes sense in that in that sense. Yeah. It pans out. Yeah. It checks out. Yeah. I, I believe fine. it. Fine, fine <laughs> for me.
1: I'm, yeah. I'm
2: not going to nitpick it. But I, I did think going into it, I thought that there was going to be more of a, how you say, tether between the rabbits and the actual tethered people yeah like i thought there was almost going to be a thing where like each because like all the rabbits in the beginning are like in their cages and everything like what it just just in that uh opening shot like for the credit like the title title role Mm -hmm. and i thought it might be a thing where they had to almost like jurassic park style like all right, we got dino DNA, but we need to use these frogs to kind of create them and actually, like, finalize it. I thought it was going to be a thing, like, all right, we got this human DNA, but we got to splice something with this rabbit so that we could actually, like, birth an embryo and whatever and, like, create create the clone. But didn't turn out that way, which is fine. But I almost thought they were going to get down there and find out, like, how do we, how do we get rid of these tethered people? And, like, you got to find their rabbit and kill their rabbit something like that. Yeah, yeah, like like if you kill their rabbit, it'll kill a part inside of them and that'll just basically just make them drop dead. Yeah, like because that the rabbit was the tether between the the two basically. I feel like uh like I, I'm... I almost thought that once they killed their own doppelganger that something was going to fail inside them. Oh, maybe cuz if they were cloned of that person but they share a soul type thing because like that's the idea like i thought there might be something that w- with killing them changes
0: something dramatically about the tethered themselves person themselves yeah exactly i feel like that thing with the rabbits that you were just talking about may have appealed more to some like mainstream audiences
2: oh yeah because it would have put like a nice button on it and it would it- that honestly if they did do that i feel like it would have been a real uphill battle to make it not seem like a cheesy just another horror movie. Yeah. So I think they did a really smart
0: thing by not doing my dumb idea. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a there's a scene um it, it, that just reminded me where they're in the tunnels at the end and Adelaide, which is the main character in the movie, yep. she's confronting her doppelganger named Red oh and they're my like God. Fighting this each scene other. is
2: fucking amazing yeah and this i can literally spend another hour just talking about this scene alone oh my god the music in it the music and the way oh (laughs) it's
0: so fucking good i'm gonna give you uh, a little bit of a
2: oh and especially if you didn't know that she was the doppelganger by the time like she's walking down like she clearly knows the way through and like she's just going through and everything at that point you should be like oh she's been here before Oh they they were switched. She's the doppelganger. Mm-hmm. The the mom that we know as our main character is actually the doppelganger.
0: When when the mom who is the doppelganger kills technically the real Adelaide at the end, her kill is so like like primal and like yeah. You're like, "Oh fuck." Like, yeah. You could tell like just like oh yeah, you you were definitely one of them fucking weird clones before cuz she is it is bad shit her acting on my part.
2: That's what I mean and it's the same thing when she kills the the twin girl from the other family in the house and that's I think that's the first one that the, her son sees her yeah. kill and that's where she's like savage like a fucking savage. Mm-hmm. And even uh before that when she kills the uh wait is is it the teenage girl that she strangles with the handcuff chain or is that the mother that she That's the mom. Right. That's a brutal that's fucking brutal. Yeah. Oh my well, god.
0: All of her kills. She are gnarly. she she kills herself. <laughs> <laughs> she kills herself. She kills she kills her, you know, her, doppelganger or whatever yeah, you want to call tether. it. And she kills and she kills the twin. Right. Um the son kills the other mom. Right, with, with the, the geode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With um, his geodude. <laughs> dude. He said, geodude, I choose you." The, the handcuffs is against herself. Right. But um man, that was gnarly. That was that was gnarly. People in the theater
2: were like, oh, fuck. Like yeah. I heard just heard get... rumblings around it. They're just like, oh my God. Like yeah. it's pretty I would say graphic.
0: Yeah, no. It is graphic. But it is good. It's good <laughs> and graphic. But there's a um a few things I saw some people nitpicking they're like, Well, like all these other people, they like their doppelgangers just come up and fucking just stab them right away. Like, why is it set up such like a cat and mouse game with this family? Like, it's so like hard cliche that they can survive all this stuff and run oh, for them for so long. She pretty early
2: on. She's like, "I want to take this slow." Yeah, she's like, so, "I have been planning this. I'm gonna take my time."
0: Mm-hmm. You know, during that scene at the end, she's like slicing her up. She like hits her, cuts her a bunch of times with the scissors and stuff like that. And then she leads her into a room. And the whole time, the, when I was watching it the first time, I was like, "You have so many opportunities to kill this person. Why aren't you like, why aren't you killing her?" And yeah. then she ends up dying, and you're like, "Well." You know, serves you right. You're you're a fucking idiot. But I think the room that she leads her into is the room that the other one left her in and handcuffed her to the bed. And I think she was gonna do the same to her and kill her, handcuffed to the bed again, or at least kill her in that room. Yeah. Like I think she wanted to lead her into that room, and she was basically toying with her, and then she ended up. Yeah, and that's why she like dances down the hall hall. Yeah,
2: that scene is fucking incredible. I'm gonna start talking about it. So she, the our main character our our mom she <laughs> is follow, like following down and she finally finds her doppelganger which now we know is the real one mm-hmm. this gets so confusing to try and talk
0: about you just got you got to call the the main character Adelaide and you got to call the doppelganger red because those are those are their names i guess that's the easiest way to, to okay do it. but red is the, the real, real one girl. From back in the from the beginning right, of the movie from the yes.
2: first yes so adelaide is looking for red because red had snatched. Oh, that was great too. That was some Halloween esque shit. I will say this about the horror in this movie. It is, this could have been in our non-spoiler section because when I'm telling people about this movie at work and they're like, should I see it? I'm like, go. It is very much more of a horror movie than get out, but it's not a horror movie in like a nightmare on Elm street sense where like, you know, hand, hand knives and like, gory murders this is very much a horror movie in a michael myers halloween sense because the the scariest parts of this movie are not they're not jump scares they're not things like this it's these moments where you kind of see something in the shadows and you're like what the fuck is in the background of this scene right now (laughs) and then it's revealed to you and you're like get the fuck fuck out of here like that that moment when the sun jason is backing up into the flames like her red jumpsuit blends in with an suv there yeah. and i genuinely did not see her there for a second and then she starts to kind of slowly stand like like she's in like a, almost like a crouch so you can't really see her head and she starts to stand up out of like the shadow and you start to realize holy fuck she's Literally right there, just completely blended into the SUV because you're so focused on what else is going on in the scene. Mm-hmm. That was like legit, like gave me chills in the theaters. I was like, that's so fucking cool. Cause that is very much like in the first Halloween movie, there's that scene where I think Jamie Lee Curtis is in the room and Michael Myers is in the closet and you almost cannot see him at all. It's just pitch black in there, but you kind of get a glimpse of light through a window as like a like a curtain blows or something and then it just catches the the corner of his mask and you're like what the fuck he's been standing there this whole time (laughs) like and it just makes you feel so uneasy and weird that's the type of horror that they play off of in this this movie and i love that because it's so much more intelligent than just it's very quiet and then a big person comes out and goes, Ooga Booga! (laughs) And that's why you jump. It's it's a cheap thrill that way. This, it gets, like, real scares out of you because you're just like, holy fuck, I had no idea that person was there.
0: Ryan told me that he thinks the scariest part in the movie is when they're in that classroom and the music's playing. Yeah. and And Red is basically almost, like, dancing, like, Coming closer to her, closer to her, like very slowly. Yeah. He thought that was very creepy. Yeah. Very cool. There really isn't many jump scares in this movie. Maybe there's one that I'm not thinking of. I actually said today during breakfast, because we were we've been talking about this movie nonstop since we saw it, like three days ago. Nice. The biggest jump scare between get out and this movie, if I had to pick one, is in Get Out, and it's when the deer jumps out in front of the car in the beginning of the movie. Like there's more jump scares in get out and people didn't think that movie was scary. Right. So and I know a lot of people who don't go see horror movies because they don't like jump scares. If you don't like jump scares, and that's why you don't want to see horror movies, you can still you, you see can go see us, because, and you'll really like yeah, it. Th- there's no cheap thrills in this. There's no there's no shitty jump scares. Yeah, but
2: then leading back to that that scene in the classroom, um, she Adelaide follows because Red had stolen her son in that moment that I'm talking about, where she's kind of blended into the SUV. That's where Red kind of explains to her why they're doing it and what they're doing, and she explains that there was this, this moment that kind of changed everything underground for everybody. And it's when everybody really saw her, they looked to her as like a God Mm -hmm. almost. And red is explaining how she's like, it all started. Like once we started to dance, she's like, that's where it all happened. And, the way that scene plays out with the cuts between her dancing in the classroom and like, and like getting closer to her and attacking and then backing off and dancing. And she's moving so gracefully and everything that showing you that she is the one uh, from above Mm -hmm. because she's the only one who can move with grace because everybody else who is tethered like all the other tethered clones they walk like zombies basically exactly and they're very like twitchy kind of and they're just they have no grace so them seeing her move like that because her tethered was above ground dancing and now she's below ground dancing and them watching her move with grace and everything they were in such awe of her that they all decided to follow her and that's how she kind of got got everybody organized underground Mm -hmm. and planned this attack so I thought that was fucking great, but the way it takes the, I got five on it in that orchestral theme that they show in the trailer and play it through this scene. Cause it's not played consistently through the scene. Like it comes in and out and then it almost choreographs the dance, like the flashback from when they did their dance mm-hmm. and it cuts between, you know, Adelaide and reds dance as they were kids. And then it gets back to the classroom where, you know, Red is attacking Adelaide through this dance and everything. And it's it's so fucking beautiful. The music is amazing. It fits. Oh, my God. I can't talk about it enough. Like,
0: <laughs> I, that scene alone just fucking, like, wet my pants. Like, there's a few scenes in this movie. Someone at work asked me Friday after I saw it, like, how was it? And I tried to be very vague with them. Yeah. But I told them I was like, you're going to have to think. But I also told them, I was like, I thought about it for a bit. I really enjoyed it. And I was like, and there are a few scenes in this movie that I can not stop thinking about.
2: Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Like, 1,000%. I'm very excited. I'm actually probably seeing it tomorrow. Megan and I are probably going out and seeing yeah. it. Because like, I need to see it again. I'm definitely going to see it again before it's done playing. It's in, like, half of the fucking theaters <laughs> It was in, our, in we, our AMC. When
0: we bought our tickets... We got them as soon as they went on sale. Yeah. And, it was and there only, were only like two showings, there was 7 only two, o'clock and 10. Yeah, there was only two showings that night. We got our tickets. I went on the app again Um, the day we were seeing it, for whatever reason. I don't even yeah. remember. I just went on the app. And they had added like 18 more showings to it that night. It's so bananas. It played at like 7, 7.05, 7.10. There are 10, more 7. showings. <laughs>
2: even, even now, there are more showings than Captain Marvel. Yeah. It, it knocked Captain Marvel out of at least two other auditoriums like mm-hmm. in the theater like it is fucking crazy.
0: I will tell you when we get to it how much money it made on Thursday night alone.
2: Damn. All right, we'll get th- I think I saw something about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to give you uh one more one more thing. What do you got? I'm I'm getting towards the end of all the, th- the points I want to make. Um but one other Me too. one one other little um little thing. I saw a lot of people that were like if they're planning on like taking over the whole world or well not the whole world, just just the United States. This is only a United yeah. States thing in this movie. They even yes. say they ask them, like, who are you? And they say, we're so, Americans. We're Americans. But they, uh, why wouldn't they, like, go and get guns or something like that? Yeah. I guess it, America l- does have guns, so I've heard. <laughs> so, yeah, so we've heard. It would, I guess, logically make sense to get something like guns if you're gonna try and take over the entire United States. But, for this movie, in the context, the scissors symbolically make a lot of sense. Yeah. The tethered are you know two bodies, one soul? Yep. Scissors, two pieces of metal conjoined to make one object.
2: Yep, I thought that was yeah, pretty two, cool. Two separate blades.
0: Yep, right in the middle. Also, just the way the scissors look in this movie, the handles look like heads facing opposite directions. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: It's very cool. Yeah, that was even like a design they used on the posters leading up to it that we, yeah. we pointed out when we were going to the movies. Also,
0: scissors are just kind of freaky in general because that's just a household item. Like that's just like. Yeah. Like some regular a mundane object shit. that people could, you know, you could, someone could kill you with that shit. Like, yeah, dude, I of crazy.
2: I can kill you with this alarm clock if I wanted to. <laughs> it,
0: now it's scary.
2: <laughs> That's the scariest alarm clock. It goes off in the morning. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> all right, I think I only have two more things that I pointed out that I think are pretty big and important symbols. So Tim Heidecker and his family, they all get. They all get got, and they're all dead. But the wife is still like hanging on for a second, like she's crawling on the floor. And they have like a uh, like a Siri type thing or an Alexa in their house. I don't remember what they were calling it, but Ophelia is what they call it. Ophelia. So yeah. there, she's calling out to it, and she's like, "Call the police!" And they're like, "Okay, playing." Fuck the police by NWA. Mm -hmm. And then it starts playing the song. And I think in that moment, it is supposed to be funny. It it could almost feel out of place until you really, that's another thing where you have to pay attention, just like the rest of the movie. If you're not paying attention, you'll just take it at face value. That's fine. And it'll still be okay. But if you really break down what that song is about, and especially at certain moments in the movie, when things happen in relation with the song, it, it expands more. So like, the the kids of our main family enter the house because they are like they're all going in there and looking for that family they realize that, like they're they're the other family's doppelgangers got their mom like cuz she went up to the door first and then they dragged her into the house so now that they've kind of the kids have gotten into the house now The song is playing, and in that song, there's like these interstitials between verses where it's like a courtroom scene. At that moment, they're like, could you please tell the jury about this fucked-up incident? And as they're saying fucked-up incident, it cuts back to Tim Heidecker and his wife dead on the floor and the kids finding their body. Now, the rest of that verse, it's mostly just like, fuck the police. They, They are not looking out for us. They do not have our best interests. We need to police ourselves. We need to look out for our own well-being we need to take care of our own family our people like our neighborhood like we are our own police now in that exact scene is where you see the kids finally switch into gear and kind of start taking action
0: they take control of the situation
2: kind of exactly so the song almost symbolizes the change in the children in this movie like their change in becoming more you know we need to help mom. Like it's not just our parents protecting us. Like we need to protect each other. Yeah. So the song serves towards the character development. And I, I, again, I'm just blown away by like how well thought out and well placed all of those moments are in correlation to the song and just the way that it reflects the growth of these characters and their
0: entire like story arc. And it's fucking great. We said this in the car ride back to my brother, who isn't as big of a moviegoer as Mirio. I mean, he does go to a lot of movies, but he isn't into like the whole like symbolism on all these movies and stuff. This movie, yeah, he ha- he's actually been very into looking up theories and stuff, but you- you generally not. And then we mentioned that song playing, yeah, and I told him, and it definitely applies to this movie, if there's like a like modern song playing or something like that, it probably has meaning to the plot. Yes. And if there's ever something on TV or another movie playing, it definitely has symbolism to it. Yeah. And, I mean, I would say every single actual song, not part of the score, you know, part of the soundtrack right, has meaning. And I think the only time you ever see a TV is the thing that shows the commercial for Hands Across America, but that is very important. So, I mean. Yeah, because
2: they don't watch TV for the rest of the thing because they're on like a vacation trip, yeah their own trip I,
0: and shit starts happening like pretty right pretty instantly in this movie that mm-hmm. you know when would you see them just hanging out leisurely they watch yeah. tv one other time but it's the news report of shit going down like it's oh a right the movie. Right. Yeah, yeah it's not it's not a movie or
2: they're not watching some already existent
0: yeah thing. Mm-hmm. I, I have one small small thing i don't even know if it's worth mentioning how small very small small as a toy car small as a spider okay then i have a different thing okay what do you got Again, just foreshadowing. This foreshadows the whole thing where the people are clones, like actually clones of themselves. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe not even so much that, but just that they're copies and that they're coming for them kind of. There's a part where she looks at the table and there's a toy spider and underneath the toy spider, spider spider is a real spider that crawls out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Small thing.
2: I also have a small thing. The little boy Jason, he early in the movie before all the doppelgangers pop out, he puts a little toy ambulance car to block the door for the closet so that he doesn't get locked into it. And then I, th- I think like the sister knocks it out or whatever, so he gets like stuck in the closet because he was being a dick to her earlier. Um, then later, same thing. He uses that same ambulance to prop the door open while he and his doppelganger go and sit in there. And then that's how he traps his doppelganger in there. He startles the doppelganger because he finally gets the spark thing to work. Mm-hmm. Then he kicks the... Thing out and runs out and locks him in the closet. And then there's like a slow pan past that ambulance toy car. The ambulance is how they, where they finally find like safety by the end of the movie. Like they get into this ambulance and then they like drive off and they they just keep going at that point. So that almost symbolizes like, like it definitely foreshadows like this is gonna be the thing that saves you. This is gonna be the thing that protects you. Yeah, is this ambulance? It's the thing that. Didn't even kept think about you from, that. Kept you from getting locked into the closet. It's the thing that got you away from them, which kind of helped Ad- Adelaide. It helps her get away because then sh- you hear the doppelganger kid screaming and she's like, that one's yours. Mm-hmm. So then uh, Red goes away from Adelaide, which gives her the opportunity to break away. So without that, that ambulance toy car, they would have just been dead in that house. And the whole movie would have been over. Yep. <laughs> so it was both their salvation in the home, and it was their salvation in getting away. When they finally find an ambulance, and they st- stow away in it, and they yeah. drive off. Very cool. Very cool. I didn't even think about that. This movie's so well thought out. It takes two
0: dudes to figure it out, and we, <laughs> we
2: probably only just scratched the surface. Jordan
0: Peele's gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "What a bunch of fucking idiots." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I'd just be happy that he's listening. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, get him on the get him on the futon. Oh man, that'd be so sick.
2: Yeah we're going to need a really nice futon. Yeah. <laughs> be like I'm so sorry, Jordan. <laughs> Can I call you Jordan? <laughs> Mr. Peel. <laughs> what up, J Peel? <laughs> so let let's get down to, to the brass tacks. You said you got some pretty impressive numbers. Okay. For the for we're in opening weekend at the time of recording by the time this comes out it'll yes. probably be like a this month out. This is
0: Sunday night and I'm going to tell you right now that this movie Broke multiple records this weekend. Nice. So this weekend it made seventy point three million dollars alone in the United States. Damn. They it broke a few records. Some of them are very wordy, and it's kind of like, yeah, of course it broke that record because that is the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. (laughs) But the one thing that is very impressive is that is the most money made on opening weekend for an original horror movie in any month. Damn. Yeah. That's really good. So seventy point three million dollars alone in the united states when i checked this morning it was at like 80 i think it was 86 million dollars worldwide holy Um, shit yeah so they're coming out swinging yeah no it killed it and good (laughs) because we need more stuff like this already quadrupled his budget because it only cost him 20 million dollars to make this movie. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah,
2: that's not a lot. That totally makes sense, though, because there's no CGI like there's not I was thinking about practical effects and one's only a few locations, but it does a really good job of not feeling stale and like they do move locations and like the settings change enough that it's not like, you know, boring, like, oh, cool, we're stuck in this house for two hours. Yeah.
0: I was trying to think of where they use CG in this movie. One of the scenes that I was like, they definitely used it here is actually one of my favorite shots of the movie and it's the closing shot of the movie and it's oh, mountains yeah. Yeah, and you that's see definitely CG, a trail yeah. of like red, like you see all the people li- with their hands linked together going through the mountains in these red jumpsuits yeah, and there's like America. choppers flying above them. Yeah, That scene just for a reason, just visually is so freaky and disturbing and awesome looking that it stuck with me yeah because um, they're
2: not even doing anything anymore it almost just shows like oh they just killed everybody
0: yeah they're just they're just there
2: yeah now <laughs> it's just their country but i
0: mean they're like them themselves are united they're united more than we are as a country right now yep <laughs> so you want to get into our tomato and tomato scores on this bad boy hit me with it <laughs> tomato 94 percent. all right good job tomato 69 percent. Oh.
2: So the last time I looked at it, it was I think it was 95 and 75.
0: Nope, 94 and 69.
2: Well, as much as I love 69, I will say tomato. What's your letter grade? My letter grade for this, as the Fonz would say, <laughs> A.
0: I am also going tomato. Nice. And I am also going A. Hell yeah. Hit it up top. <laughs> Six, oh, my God. Who the...
2: F- who is doing 69% this?
0: 69% makes me so annoyed. I went and looked at some of their, their, like, the audience reviews. It almost made me want to be like Rotten Tomatoes. Just take the ability for people to write off of here because I was reading yeah. a lot of them that were just like, uh, i like to get out more. Which is not a review of a, of a movie. Fucking stupid.
2: Like, if I just reviewed every movie based on what a director had done previously, like, it's bullshit. Just, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Django Unchained's a great movie, but I like Pulp Fiction more, so... This movie, is, <laughs> this movie sucks now? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Take the movie by itself. I don't know if people were thinking, like, it was a sequel or supposed to be connected, so people
0: were confused, and that's why you left. But if that's the case, guess what? You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> There's, that's why I said it. At the top of the episode, that I feel like this movie, in some ways, is less accessible because this movie challenges a you lot to of things. And people to be people flying don't want, over people's heads. People don't want to think about it. Yeah, people yeah. Are just want to see. Oh, oh, the trailer looked really scary. Let me just go to the theater and see the jump scares like the nun yeah. did.
2: Put out a poll. Put out a poll. How many people know what the fuck Chud is? <laughs> yeah. How many people? I mean, I mean, Black Flag is like kind of popular now, but they're not anywhere near in like popular culture. Like any kid out here, whose favorite fucking artist is fucking post Malone or young Uzi gang motherfucker (laughs) isn't going to know who black flag is. They're not going to know what Chud is. They're not going to know what hands across America was like this movie is made for people who are either looking for more knowledge or have a base of knowledge that expands into the eighties or even it just has some sort of familiarity, like with horror and like with different things. And like,
0: this is not for casual moviegoers. Yeah. That's it. That's why That's why the people that I give, are giving it low reviews are idiots. I, I think they're the people that were like, I didn't get it, but I don't yeah. want to say that, so I'm just going to say something else.
2: Yeah, it's, it's better to say that this movie sucked than I'm stupid and didn't understand Did it. it. So you should take the fact that the audience is giving this such a low score as a good sign because it shows you that. This movie isn't made for just regular jag-offs. This movie is smart <laughs> and so well thought out. The fact that anybody can give this anything less than is bananas to me. It only shows me that this movie is smarter than you are. Yeah. If you didn't like this movie, this movie is smarter than you. I'm throwing it down. If you hate me, <laughs> write me a letter. I don't give a fuck.
0: I, we didn't really get into many negatives in this movie, and I guess... I'll say a few here because they didn't give it an A plus, so there has to be a few negatives.
2: But even those have got to be nitpicks.
0: They're kind of nitpicks. I yeah. think. I think if you take the movie at face value, the story and stuff is kind of kind of run of the mill. Yeah, but the face value story isn't what the draw is. You know what I mean?
2: Honestly, leaving the theater, I think if you had just asked me right out of the theater, what's your letter grade, I would have said like B plus. Yeah. And then the longer I sit with it, the better and better it gets. And even us talking about it now, I almost want to give it an A+. plus. <laughs> yeah. Like, the more... Because now, just us talking about it and realizing more and more, not only just from me giving you information that you might have missed or vice versa, but me talking about my own notes and then realizing how much I can expand on it. Like, this movie... This movie's a fucking gem. And yeah. it's precious, and we need to respect it and appreciate it and get more stuff like this because people aren't doing stuff like this with cinema anymore like this is people,
0: incredible people would would ask me about get out and if they were people that didn't like it and they said that like they people that didn't like it would usually tell me like why and it was i feel like typically it was like it just wasn't scary and it was some reason that was not a very Stupid. good reason yeah but something that i would normally tell them like the first thing i would tell them why i like get out is Get Out is so much more original than everything else that is out there. And that same thing applies to this movie. This movie is way more original than any horror movie that's going to come out this year. I guarantee it.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: There might be a few good horror movies last year, like Hereditary came out of nowhere last year, and that was awesome. But, right, I mean, I'm going to put money down. There's not going to be a movie as smart. There isn't going to be a horror movie as smart as this movie this year.
2: Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Oh, man, what the fuck? What the fuck are people thinking?
0: That, I got so annoyed when I saw 69. I was like, oh my God. And then when you when you read the reviews, that makes it even worse.
2: Oh, I did see some of the reviews. It's moronic. Yeah. It's just people drooling on their
0: keyboard. <laughs>
2: like a bunch of idiots.
0: I don't I don't really want to do this, but I feel like some people that listen to this might want us to just say it yes or no. If you had to choose get out or you had to choose us, what would you choose? Which one do you think is better? Hmm. I think for
2: single consumption, get out is better. I think for rewatchability, us is better.
0: I agree completely. Yeah. I think, uh, I think get out is a better overall film. It wraps everything up really tightly. Right. But this is a much more thought provoking movie. Yes, exactly. And this also is not only is it thought provoking, but the messages in the movie are like pretty like serious and the things that we're going through right now. And like, they should be kind of eye opening. Also, like it's it's important as well as thought provoking. Like, yeah, it's it's. I would say it's an important movie. Definitely. If anyone is gonna go see it, listen. Oh, I guess if you're at this point, you already listened to the whole movie, <laughs> the whole yeah. podcast, so it got spoiled for you. But like, for me, I watched the movie, and then the more I thought about it, the more I sat with it. I liked it more. Yeah. And then I feel like the more you dig into it, the more you're gonna like it. There's, I feel like. By the time I watch it a second time, I'm, I'm
2: going to love it even more. Like This movie has so much rewatchability to it, and I'm excited to see if I go see it again, now knowing what you saw in your two times plus what I saw in my one time. So now we have three total views between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And between those three views, we we notice different things. You in both your two viewings, you notice different things in the two. I notice different things from you in my one. I'm interested to see if now knowing everything that you saw, I'm going to look for things that we didn't already mention. And if seeing it my second time, our collective fourth time, I wouldn't be surprised if there's other things that I can come back to you with and be like, this episode needs to be three hours because guess <laughs> what, daddy? I just found a whole lot more to unpack. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I I j- I this could be do a double barrel episode. We can do this just two weeks in a row. <laughs> just talking about this, <laughs> this movie. movie. Guess what? This podcast is now Two
0: Dudes Us Reviews. We're just going to see this movie every week. Okay. I um I guess my last thing I want to say about the movie is not so much about the movie, but about Jordan Peele. People are saying that he's like the new like Hitchcock of our generation like yeah. like stuff. It's hard to say when he's only got two movies, but yeah. both of his movies are amazing and game changers in the genre. He's definitely my one of my favorite directors working right now. Next movie that he puts out, I will be buying a ticket for opening night. I can't yep. wait for it. Nope, nobody's making movies like him right now. He's he's one of the best. He's
2: one of the best and one of a kind. Mm-hmm. He He's not making something that's been done before. And I feel like 10 years from now, people are going to be trying to copy his style, probably falling flat. But I think he is going to create like a next generation of creators who are who want to do more original stuff. And hopefully seeing his success opens the doors for other directors and other writers to kind of step out on a limb and try to do something more original. Because we've been stuck for years and years in this era of reboots and sequels and prequels. And it's just fucking tiring and, and it's exhausting and sometimes you get excited because of the nostalgia but how how often do you go see those things and you're like yeah nostalgia my ass this sucked <laughs> this killed my childhood that's
0: gonna be me in like a month when detective Pikachu comes out <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly
2: for all we know Godzilla is gonna be a shit show yeah we don't know so to, just to see something new and original is just so refreshing and hopefully this makes for a lot more
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that the Blu-ray of this is similar to Get Out because Jordan Peele gave you a lot of really good content on the Get Out one. There was an alternate ending to that one. I, I would love for there to be like an alternate ending or something that gives you a little bit more inside baseball into like the meaning and theories and stuff like that. This is one of the I don't listen to the commentary
2: on almost any movie I ever buy. This one the day I buy it, I'm going to watch this movie and then I'm going to watch it again with the commentary on Yeah, just back to back. Cause I, yeah, I would love to hear him just kind of like give insight behind, like not only about what the movie is about, but like, I like to hear him give insight about like how they shot some of these scenes and like hit some of the stylistic choices that he made because this movie is beautiful. It's shot so well. It's lit like great. And like the way that they use the scenery and and the the lighting in scenes to kind of build that tension. It's fucking brilliant and yeah, there's just so much about this movie that you could unpack and find just little goodies in. That yeah, I need I need to hear what he has to say. Yeah, we gotta get him on the futon.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll try.
2: You guys out there got to get him on the futon. We gotta start a petition. Who else did we say we gotta get on the futon? There's somebody. John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Wow. So, we <laughs> j o horror horror people, clearly again, but same thing, another original movie, another original idea. So, like we're seeing more of this. It's weird that we're seeing more of it come out in like horror. yeah, like that's the genre that's gonna break through and like revive cinema <laughs> horror <laughs> of all things. the genre that used to be known as like that's the movies where you can show about ten minutes of boobs, but no more. <laughs> And then you just kill ladies in the shower, right? Like, uh, yeah, that's the genre that's gonna save movies.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting a lot of really good stuff with horror right now. Hell yeah, Hereditary, this Quiet Place, Quiet Place. Nihilation wasn't so much horror, but it's it was, like sci-fi. Sci-fi. I mean, yeah, but they're fucking taking over. Yeah, it was really good last year, although or two years ago, even though that was a remake. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. When when I was reading that that record that it broke, like the highest money opening. Yeah. I think it made more money, but it was a remake. That's why oh, it, the, so it's, the wording it's not of an it, original, original movie. Yes, yeah. yes.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can get with that. It's not a sequel or anything. Well, fuck, man. We did it. I'm glad that we got that all out. I'm very excited to see it again. Like, could not suggest it enough for everybody to go see this. And if you did see it, make sure you head over to our Instagram. We will be posting up the tomato Tomatoes so that you guys can vote on it and you can kind of get some clips from the episode
0: we're going to have to make sure that we don't post a spoiler. Well, um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. We try and pick stuff that doesn't give away our opinions, but that's going to be extremely hard. We've been jerking off to this <laughs> movie literally since I said the intro. This movie like, is this review is either us talking really good about it or spoiling it. So it, no, like, this <laughs> this review
2: is us spoiling it. Speaking way, way, way highly of it or not talking about it at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, find us there at Two Dudes Movie Reviews on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Search us out. Right now, we still got a contest going on. We are giving away some free merch, our Two Dudes Movie Reviews t shirts. Got a couple of different ones. You just go on to whatever you're listening to this on. Just scroll on down, give us a five star review, leave us a nice little comment, and you'll be entered into win some free shit from us we're also working on some new designs we want to get get out to you people we got some really cool ideas so we hope that you guys like them and until then suck it losers